Welcome back to Truvine Talks with Rachel and Linda. We took a little time off because I was a little dysregulated with my emotion of fear. And that's what we're going to segue into today is talking about emotions 101. Yeah, that's right. We're always talking about emotionally focused therapy on here, the therapy we love most. And so we're going to talk about you know, what even are emotions and how do you feel them? How do you experience them? So a lot of people aren't really sure. Yes, that is so true. Um, and I was listening to several things regarding emotion. And we used to believe that thoughts, cognitions, were what motivated us to act. But later science through attachment theory through dr sue johnson's work and putting electrodes on the body they found or on the you know doing the brain scans that we experience emotion and that's what motivates our behavior so yeah yeah so let's walk through for starters just the there's actually four parts to every emotional experience. So the first one is the cue or the trigger. It's like, okay, what just happened around you to start this chain of events? Yeah, watching the news yeah. uh, four weeks ago triggered a anxious fear response. So that was the cue seeing, um, the Ukraine being invaded. Uh, my body responds with a tightness in my stomach, in my body. So the felt sense, you know, the mm -hmm. physical sensation of the fear. Um, and the yeah, meaning so that, yeah, go ahead, Miss Rachel. Yeah, I was just going to expand. That was a great. Uh, yeah. So the second one is that bodily response, right? Physiological, maybe your stomach churns. Maybe you feel pressure in your chest. Maybe you start to sweat. If it's a positive emotion, maybe you smile or maybe you laugh. We don't want to leave the good stuff out. <laughs> yeah, happy wow. emotions are good. Yeah. And so then uh, your body is experiencing this uh, change in feeling because there is a, a deep meaning that's being made based on what you just experienced, right? So you saw the news and this means oh no yeah we're going to war maybe this is really scary yeah yeah the cue is the uh the negative event and then the body makes meaning like you said out of that event so that's what emotion helps us to know is is this fearful is this uh, a positive experience or is this a negative experience and then after that, we have the behavioral response. And for me, the behavioral response was to pray and to stop watching the news. <laughs> Wise. Yeah. yeah. Can't do anything. And that makes you feel helpless. And what yes. happens when a person feels helpless? Mm. It's not good. You know, we feel kind of stuck or trapped. Yeah. Yeah. When I feel helpless, I just it doesn't motivate you to want to do, you just want to hide. Yeah. And we can't hide. 
So. Yeah. What are some other behavioral responses real quick? I think we've mentioned them before, but just to kind of remind people, this is where that comes in. This is like your fight flight in a way, you know, like when you make that meaning, do you get angry and defensive and want to yell or fight? Do you want to hit someone? Do you want to punch the wall? (laughs) Or do you want to get out of there? Do you want to run away? Yeah. You shut down, get real quiet, freeze up. Yeah. Good points, Rachel. It's, you know, what sometimes people want to run away. Sometimes they want to stay and fight and that's, you know, and they feel that fear. And so that's an important uh, behavioral response to that. And just recognizing this is what we teach in therapy is you know, it's so good, isn't it, Rachel, when people are like, oh, so I, now I track that. That's why I respond this way to my partner yes. or yeah. to a situation. They didn't realize why they were behaving in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And number two, we talk about primary versus secondary emotions. And this was so tricky for me. I've had the hardest time grasping the difference between a primary and a secondary. So you helped me make sense of it, Rachel. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I always remember like the primary emotion is my primary goal to figure out. That's Mm. what I'm aiming to try to learn when I'm working with a client is what is the primary emotion in that situation? That's the root that's what's actually creating the meaning. That's what's actually um, creating this behavioral response. Mm. Is that primary, which a lot of times is like guilt, shame, embarrassment, fear, sadness, right? The secondary emotion is the emotion that we feel anytime we're experiencing a particular primary emotion that is either scary or uncomfortable. So for a lot of people, if they become angry and they were never allowed to express anger, they never saw anger like managed appropriately and shared in a healthy way, then they can become really scared and they can shut down. And so fear in that scenario would be the secondary emotion. Anger would be the primary. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm processing. Yeah. The, the secondary is how you feel about your original feeling. Oh, very well stated. How you feel about your original feeling. Yeah. The well, like, emotion. So if I feel sad, I, I, I'm, I say, and I get angry instead of sad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm mad that I feel sad because sad is weakness. I don't want to be weak. So oh. I'm angry, but I feel sad because I don't want to feel sad. There, that helps. Yeah. See? Thank you. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much, Rachel. You're welcome. All emotions are human experiences. Uh, None carry any moral goodness or wrongness. Um, So in that, like, you know, anger can evoke behavior that could be morally dangerous. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people see that growing up. They see anger expressed in very unhealthy ways. They see boundaries being crossed and they see people getting hurt. They experience getting hurt. And so they grow up and they think, I never want to hurt anyone Mm -hmm. in the way that I was hurt, in the way that I saw my family members being hurt. And so they think that the way to ensure that they don't do that, that that never happens, is to just not be angry. Mm -hmm. And what happens when we're never experienced anger? It's a problem. Yeah. Yeah you're not assertive you you get tend to be taken advantage of because you're not setting like really firm boundaries yeah and there are people out there that will cross your boundaries you gotta Mm -hmm. be be able to say hey I'm upset with you right now this Mm -hmm. is not okay Mm -hmm. I don't like it when you come in and just throw your stuff all over the floor or you know a lot of times people won't even assert small boundaries like that um leaving their dishes in the sink for you to clean they're not your dishes that makes you feel angry but you fear asserting that boundary because anger always led to explosion as a kid it did for me so I remember my dad would get mad over dumb stuff nobody knew and then you just start breaking stuff. And you'd be like, what? What made you mad? No one even knew. So, you know, anger was dysregulated in my home. So therefore, anger for me is not, a, it's, an, it's an emotion that I've, I've put a moral compass on, Miss Rachel. Yeah, yeah. And what we just talked about, like primary and secondary, I think a lot of people learn that when they grew up in a house where there was a lot of unhealthy anger being expressed, that was a secondary emotion because that individual probably didn't know how to really express their, all the primary emotions that were coming up. Everything just came out as anger. Mm -hmm. Every single thing. Everything. Yeah. But what they were really feeling, what my father was really feeling was sad and scared. No one knew that. Yeah. Yeah. See, emotion can, understanding what you're feeling and expressing that in a healthy way can prevent uh, outbursts that are uncontrollable. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, Miss Rachel, we're on number four, which we have a guest speaker on today's group. Yay! Your phone away. Yes. All right. I'm going to let you ask Rachel because he's, you know, a mom. So, yeah. So, we just kind of went through the basics of emotion. And I'm really happy to have Grant here. He's a senior in high school, he's a young adult. And so, I wanted to get his perspective on what he wishes more people his age knew about emotion. Mm, that's a good yeah. question. I think at this age, there's a lot to be said about recognizing emotions and realizing what you're feeling. Um, that That's probably one of the hardest things to do. They might know what an emotion is, but they don't know what it feels like. So recognizing like anger versus sadness is kind of hard, actually, when you're really down to it, because sometimes you'll feel angry or sad, but sometimes you'll feel both. 
recognizing the root of the issue can be very helpful. Yeah, that's such great advice, Grant. And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but is there anything that you could share that has helped you personally, like distinguish? And if you're not comfortable answering that, that's totally okay. No, no, I'm comfortable. I mean, it's probably just quiet time and really knowing yourself, um, finding quiet time and listening to yourself talk, even out loud, kind of explains things to you. Sometimes you'll say things, what you really feel, but not even think about it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's like car rides on the way home. I got the music on. And I'll just be talking to myself. It's pretty embarrassing, but whatever. I talk to myself and I hear, oh gosh, camera's blown. Sorry. <laughs> there we go <laughs> i'll be talking to myself and i'll hear some i'll hear myself say something i'll rewind let me hear that again and i'll be like wow so that's the way i'm really feeling yeah thank you so much for sharing that i love that because that's what happens when someone's in therapy you're mm-hmm. talking this out out loud and there's something really powerful about hearing yourself mm-hmm. say something and it clicks you're so right mm-hmm. yeah. or sometimes when you're giving advice to other people you realize that's the advice you may need Uh, yeah (laughs) how often does that happen you're absolutely right (laughs) and then you're like maybe I should take that advice (laughs) right it's a lot harder to take it than it is to give huh yeah yeah that's what I'm saying (laughs) yeah absolutely okay Linda do you have any questions coming back in It's my boy. And my question is, like, how has how has your generation made sense of the pandemic emotionally? I would honestly, on a greater scale, I would say they haven't. Oh Oh, wow! I would say I think there's a lot to be said about um, how the pandemic has changed people's personalities, really or maybe even help them recognize things that they weren't really thinking about or how they deal with friendships, how friendships have been desecrated or even built up by the being at home. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I would say that from my perspective, but you know, I go to a smaller school, so it's, it's a little bit different realistically. Rachel, do you have a spinoff of what you just shared? Cause you're always good at tracking. Mm. Well, it sounds like you're saying that you've noticed uh, maybe like yourself and a lot of other people's personalities change Mm -hmm. over the course of the past two or three years. And it's like, maybe you guys haven't figured out a way to make sense of what's happening. Is that right? Yeah, it may happen sometime in the future. It may happen now. I think it's up to the person, really. Do you think there has been a general sadness among the youth? during the pandemic, sadness as a whole. Yeah, I do. I think it's been recognized by social media even better. So Mm -hmm. maybe like there is some sort of growth to be said from social media. Hmm. Okay. Recognize. Okay. Not knowing how to deal with it. So if they recognize being, yeah, go ahead, Miss Rachel. I'm just fascinated. I think Grant's gonna be a like amazing researcher on emotion. I'm like, I can't wait to read your book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So with sadness, the, we know from emotionally focused therapy, when you feel sad, you're supposed to reach and connect with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, 
do you think your friend or do you think as a whole your generation is reaching more for others or i think it's give and take i think it's up to the person really oh they're like if you're somebody who found uh found enjoyment from being at home hmm. um you may you may just not reach at all and that mm -hmm. that, that could end badly that could that could be better I, I i really don't know but for me um i ended up reaching for people i ended hmm. up reaching i found more friendship after the pandemic but during the pandemic it was rough so like i didn't have anybody to reach to i actually lost some friendships i would say during the pandemic so it mm -hmm pretty tough but after I found myself reaching a lot more than I did before hmm that's growth that's positive yeah, that is growth that could How? be a teenager growth I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know yeah I'm, I guess I'm, I'm I'm thinking about so many things this is so interesting I'm really glad that you're on here today how much do you, how much do you think that this like change that you've that you've noticed how much do you think that's maybe related to mental health like maybe like symptoms of depression or anxiety are you are you speaking about myself or just in general yeah just your opinion your opinion an observation yeah depression and anxiety um coming back from the pandemic was definitely anxious i felt anxiety um depression during the pandemic during the quarantine i, I probably felt it Maybe I didn't recognize it at the time, but I probably did feel it. Um, I guess for me, my my I had a unique uh, comeback from it. <laughs> we'll say unique, but it wasn't wasn't great. I came back, probably lost someone that I really loved at the time, and then I felt depression. But I is it was whatever. But I think now I recognize those emotions a lot more from the pandemic, actually feeling them. Maybe it was a much needed growth. Yeah. Thanks for being vulnerable. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good example of secure bond here for us, huh? <laughs> yeah. So good. All right. Miss Rachel, do you have any more for Mr. Grant? I don't think so. Grant, do you have anything else you're just really wanting to share? I don't think I do. I okay. Think Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Did he sign the confidentiality agreement? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever that's called, we have people sign for the podcast. I'm joking, making jokes. He's in my liability clause. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, that was helpful to hear from a teen's perspective of the pandemic and fascinating. I know. I didn't know yeah. that. I'm gonna start asking the teens that I see, how do you feel you've changed? How do you feel your friends have changed? That's mm -hmm. really interesting. Yeah, because I mean, it was very isolating, sounds yeah. like. Um, you and I just kept doing what we do, only we went to the mm -hmm. zoo. I mean, but they weren't having these interactions. I mean, some were right. online, some were not, you know. Yeah. Well, we know that there's a huge importance on like how how close emotionally and connected you feel to someone with proximity. And they had no proximity to anyone. Their age, you know, most Their of parents. them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who they live with. Yeah. Who they, you know, 
probably didn't want to see all the time. No, you everyone getting on each other's nerves. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was super interesting and helpful. So, you know, and I like that what he shared about, hey, maybe just stay, saying it out loud as you're driving on your way home from work, school, or if you're just outside on a walk, sort of mm -hmm. sharing, what am I feeling today? I'm feeling, I'm feeling happy because the sun's out and my doggy's wagging its tail or, you know, I feel a little sad when I see people suffering in, in a war zone, just sort of saying it out loud helps you to make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that was a great segue into our last few uh, bullet points here, right? Because he, Grant was saying that it, it's helpful to be able to distinguish between the different emotions and mm -hmm. how like saying it out loud would kind of help him to distinguish. And that's because emotions are information. They help give meaning to our experiences. Mm -hmm. They're really, really important. So important. Yeah. That's so we've so got cool. a list of like, you know, I think five or six emotions here. Um, five, we've got five emotions here. And the, the reason why it's so important to be able to distinguish, okay, what am I feeling is because these kind of main emotions help to cue us in on what is my unmet need. Linda and I are always talking about unmet needs on the podcast here. That's um, very good. Yeah. yeah. And I love how you put it on there with our, you know, our little outline is when I'm feeling angry, I probably need a shield. I need protection. Um, yes. You know, what can I do to feel safe? That's my unmet need. If I'm feeling sad, do I need some type of healing? Um, if it's grief, maybe I need to um, write a, a celebratory uh, conversation with that person that I lost and go to their graveside and talk to them about that. Um, if I'm feeling fear, you know, fight or flight, you know, I need some safety. Where do I shelter at? Where do I go? Yeah. How can I get some consistency? Right? Yeah. Routine feels safe for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Feels less chaotic. Right? Yeah. yeah. And um, shame, this would be like, I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. I'm not good enough. Um, you need to feel some type of acceptance or belonging. Right. Mm -hmm. So who is the supportive, safe person in your life that you can go to with that? And if you don't have someone, then I highly recommend therapy because your therapist will be the safe person that you'd go to with that yeah, feelings of shame. Yeah. And everyone needs one person in life that they can reach yes. for. One yeah. person that's safe. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're feeling guilty, like, oh, I did something I'm not proud of. I don't want to do that again. Um, and chances are you probably need to feel some sense of respect, right? Like, man, did that just ruin my entire reputation? You need to know that you're still worthy of respect, even if you messed up. Yeah. Cause say you might engage in a behavior that 
you know, you called someone a name or <laughs> you might feel guilt, which is the act, the guilt, which Brene Brown talks about in one of her books is the guilt. Okay, I need to go say, hey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And then you earn that respect back from that person. And so um, the unmet need is to repair that quickly. So, yeah. Yeah, I love, I, Brene does such a great job of like pointing out the difference between guilt and shame, right? Guilt is focused on the behavior. I did something bad. Shame is focused on the self. I am bad. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. the, the difference. I find that very helpful oh. when we're trying to figure out what is this emotion. Hmm. Well, Miss Rachel, do you have any more like things you want to share regarding emotion that our listeners might might need to hear more about? Or yeah, I I I guess I'll just share like the goal, what I hope this podcast will help people achieve, and that is that all emotions are important. Mm. All mm-hmm. emotions are relatively healthy and normal right right? it's just we it's it's how we what are that behavior right how we express them can turn into unhealthy right like if you're expressing anger by yelling and throwing and breaking things that's not okay Mm -hmm. but the anger itself is okay it's important Mm -hmm. it's a necessary emotion it lets us know that we're experiencing an injustice or a threat and we need to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. right yeah so I guess it's like the goal would be learning to accept all emotions without judgment like work Mm -hmm. on not judging yourself for feeling because you are human and that's just what we do well stated Rachel yeah instead of judging um well if I cry then people think I'm weak well you're human and you're experiencing sad, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. What Rachel and I and this Caitlin do in therapy is we help you track and reflect what's happening here and what is your unmet need. So if your unmet need is to reach for someone, kind of like what Grant was saying, hey, I needed to make new friends. Okay, go outside your comfort zone and connect with others. You know. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate you guys listening and sharing our podcast for our little practice here in the Valley. And if you know you're, you're in need of therapy or you, you have a teenager, that's Rachel and mine's expertise. We work with teens. We have been since the beginning of our careers. It's been teenagers. We'd love to, you know, just be there for them. And if, you know, maybe, you know, like for me, like sometimes I don't always know what Grant needs. Well, a counselor could help that and that's that's great we need a village a whole yes team. yes we do you're so right yeah okay. until next time bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>